Hello, I'm Emily. <laughs> and welcome back to The Sex Files, where we talk about whatever the fuck we want. And you listen. And then The X-Files a little bit. <laughs> and uh, sex. <laughs> that was our plan. I know, I feel like we don't anymore. Well, because there's so much, there's so much to life. More than sex. This is... The That's Sex sure. Files, where we don't talk about sex, and we only a little bit talk about the X Files, and we mostly just talk. It's just, <laughs> it's just called the Sex Files because it's S and an E. It's that's not why. That was just coincidental. Yeah. But it's really called that because we talk about like sex, as in like the medical term. Ah, yes. You could think about it like that. It's like a gender studies course with an outdated name. Yeah. And <laughs> it's solely about the X-Files. Yeah. It's a gender studies course <laughs> slash biology course, but like the course is based around the X-Files. And it's also taught by completely unqualified girlies in their 20s. We need an intro, you guys. And we don't know. All podcasts have an intro. Yeah, they all say. they're boring. <laughs> <laughs> They all say, like, here's my name, and that's blah, blah, and this is so-and-so, where we talk about etc. And I want that. We don't have an intro because we are fickle. We are fickle. And we change. We are <laughs> continuously new people every time we sit down to record. So why would we churn out some performative cookie-cutter statement at the beginning <laughs> of every episode? Okay. You're making points. When we just go off of how we're feeling. I would like to say our names. <laughs> okay. And like, I'll be the first to admit, sometimes we forget that and we falter <laughs> there. Okay, <laughs> Sometimes we forget. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, what is my name? You know? <laughs> no. Oh. I can't relate to that. Okay. Do you want to talk about that? Why you forget your name no. when you wake up? <laughs> no. No, you I go don't. into such a deep sleep. <laughs> I wake up, I don't know where I am. wake up with amnesia. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, how are are you doing? Me? No. The other person in the room. Oh. Well, let's let them talk first. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You get it? There's no one else in the room. Okay. That Um, That needed a visual cue. Yeah. But you know what's funny? What? Okay, we've been listening to My Favorite Husband, which is a 1940s radio show. I'm actually surprised at how often they do things where it's like the audience laughs. Because it's visual. But they didn't say anything. Yeah. yeah. And I, f- I thought that like radio stars were pros. I know. At that. At like not doing that. Right. But then the whole... Re- okay. So if they can mess up, we can mess up. Yeah, for and sure. And I can make funny faces at you. And it's just for you. Agreed. I mean, the energy. Yeah. Like, if you... You can hear you, the energy. If you're, you know, getting the energy, <laughs> you'll get... The face will come. Yeah. To you. So, um, what yeah. face am I making right now? <laughs> I can't even describe that. And I saw it. <laughs> you all have to guess. <laughs> um... Okay, how am I? Yeah, how are you? So, this goes off of what I was w- withholding about my favorite husband, mm. which is that Lucio Ball is in it, right? Yeah. And I was about to say something else about Lucio Ball, mm-hmm. right? And my dilemma, I'm being very vulnerable with all of you right now, so no one make fun of me, okay? okay? And also, don't let this obstruct your opinion of me, how you perceive me, okay? I can't imagine it I'm would. Still, I'm still a girly. I'm oh. still a cool girly, okay? okay. But I will say... The biggest complex I've had is trying to remain, uh, like a cool girly, while nurturing my obsessive nature. Right. Mm. So it's like I can't very well be a, like a laid back, like oh yeah, whatever. Right. Just like mysterious girly. Right. If like every fucking other word, I'm like, oh my god, Lucio Ball. Right. Oh my god, I love Lucy. Yeah, they did that in the Lucy show. My favorite husband, yeah, with Lucy Ball, yeah. I mean, I think all like, of the listeners understand. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm saying like when when you're trying to be 
Listen, being mysterious and laid back is fucking outdated. Who gives a fuck? Hot girls are obsessive. Period. Okay. End of All sentence. Right. Okay, fine. You're not cool unless you're obsessive. <laughs> you're right. Okay. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> See, and I have a similar dilemma where I'm like, how can I be a fun, cool girly when anytime anybody asks me how am I, I'm like, well, I was thinking about this traumatic thing that happened how to me am in the I? past. I'm like, how am I? I'm always so fucking depressing. You know what's so interesting what? is that people ask you all the time how you are. You and you never We say. never ask ourselves never how say. we are. <laughs> so how can we even answer? How can we answer? How do you wow. answer, listeners? When someone asks, how are you? No, because, like, <laughs> it's, like, the same thing, which is actually funny because we just got, like, the most wonderful question about this. Yeah. But it literally is. Here's how I can tie this around to sex is that how can you tell somebody else how you are if you have not asked yourself how you are, right? <gasps> if you're yeah. not, like, sitting with yourself and being, like, really, how am I? Right? Mm -hmm. How can you answer honestly and openly and like, which obviously you don't always want to, but like, how can you answer that question when another person asks you? You know what? That's a really good point. And I think the reason why I always feel bad whenever like we do these beginning discussions, don't laugh at me. I'm not. You are. (laughs) Whenever we do these beginning discussions. I'm just blind and we're like five feet away from each other and I'm like, do you want me to get your glasses? No. You don't want to see me? I'll get my glasses. <laughs> What's your thought? Um, my thought is, is that whenever like we do the how are you things, I always feel bad because I feel like I'm always like, I'm doing, I'm struggling. And I feel like I'm always struggling because I do so much therapy and I'm always like, how am I? And when you ask that, it's not very rarely like, A-okay. But I feel like that's normal. It is, it is normal, but I would like to just be oblivious to my own. Oh, me too. Uh mental state every day i wake up and yearn for um ignorance yeah ignorance is bliss that whoever said that was so wise and definitely not ignorant (laughs) no i think they were ignorant whoever said ignorance is bliss yeah because you how would you know you wouldn't be able to say that unless you were truly blissful no and no but you wouldn't have the awareness that it was because of your ignorance this person was probably like i don't know <laughs> shit about shit and i'm happy and as i'm fuck. blissed the fuck out <laughs> and so whoever probably a woman was probably <laughs> like ignorance is bliss but the original man who said it got credit Just said it louder <laughs> Every yeah, every important <laughs> every important quote you've ever heard was said by a woman. A man just said it louder. Everyone, Sit with that for a second. Every single one. Tell your history listen, teachers. Listen to our listen to our heating system for a second while you sit with that thought. <laughs> Do you guys hear how loud that is? It is kind of meditative. It's annoying. I mean, I've gotten used to it. Yeah, same. Well, what concerned me is that it sounded like the walls were just going to crumble because of the steam. You know what? And we are in a pre-war building. They could. The floor <laughs> could just crumble from under underneath us at any moment. You know what? And That's the charm of living in the, New York. Just to get a little inside what it's like living in New York City. Complete insecurity of your spatial security. Mm-hmm. What? Did I just say insecurity twice? Yeah. <gasps> Anyways, uh, anyways, should we get should we get into our? <clears throat> I forgot somebody just sent us a question. They must be listening to old episodes because they said what you wish a wise woman would have told you when you were younger. Corner, and I forgot that we used to call it that. I like that. Me too. Do you want to get into that? Yeah. 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 Let's get into it. What's our discussion for today? Okay, our discussion for today mm-hmm. is something that no one asked to hear about, but we want to talk about we it. We want to talk about it. And, and we're that's... Leos, so we don't like being told what to do. Yeah. So if you want us to talk about something, you should send us a question asking the opposite. Yeah, or you should be mean. No, that was funny. <laughs> don't roll your eyes at yourself. Just be like, I would fucking hate it if you talked about this. You better not. God, you better fucking not talk about this thing. That and would be we'll so say, stupid of you. And I'd be like, mm, and now we'll I'm doing it. it. <laughs> okay, hold on. I got to take gotta take down my glasses now okay so she's doing that milf thing where she like has her glasses down on her nose but she like lifts her head up so she can see from the bottom of the bifocals no they're not oh my god (laughs) i do not wear bifocals 
I do not wear bifocals. I don't really know what bifocals are. I will say I do feel like a MILF when I do this. You look like one. I do feel like a middle-aged woman. You look like you're on your way. Not derogatory. Never derogatory. Like, I feel like a middle-aged woman's sexy. Always. In parentheses. That's what's implied when you say middle-aged woman. <clears throat> yeah, you can't say middle-aged woman and derogatory. And not being implying that sexy. Those are, they negate each other. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so... We want to talk about hookup culture because, let's be honest, we recorded this a while ago and it got deleted. So, so we're rehashing it out. The reason I say that is because when we decided to talk about it, mm-hmm. I had been seeing a lot of discourse around right. hookup culture. And so let's just pretend like it's the past. And, and I've still, still been seeing, seeing that. that. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> we just wanted to talk about it because... It's really interesting, and I think that this falls like into a lot of things that we are living through, which is that we are behaving, both behaving and also commenting on different mm. things yeah. that are happening. So like with hookup culture, we are both participating in it and then also trying to make social commentary on it yeah. and like have you know create theories around it and discuss the pros and cons and stuff like that Yeah, it's hard to be like the first generation to be really using the internet as like a major source of like finding dates and like having that be a huge factor and then while also trying to analyze the effect of that and like how to do it healthily yeah when nobody else has done it before yeah and i think that too i know whenever i'm feeling like unsure of something that feels very big and like very like for smart people mm-hmm. i like go and read other people's opinions right yeah. like i read studies and um theories and things like that and so it's interesting to like not have that yeah especially with things that are like within feminist discourse because mm-hmm. i feel like that's often a place where i go and will read um other people's opinions and then like form my own yeah um, and so I think the main thing with hookup culture that I was thinking was, um, cause I was very unsure about my stance and now I'm very sure, mm. but before, <laughs> um, I was think I was wondering, is this the same thing as, um, like performing stereotypically feminine beauty ideals or standards, whatever. Yeah. So like, is it? the choice that matters like is it the choice to like either be able to wear makeup or not or shave or not or is simply the participation in hookup culture or the participation in like wearing makeup or shaving Mm -hmm. is that inherently not feminist because it ultimately harms women in the end like I definitely think it falls under that debate yeah Sorry, I'm I'm listening. Emily's going to have more thoughts on this arena than I do, mostly because I'm at a point in my life where I'm so unsure about everything that I'm wanting. And so I am very eager to listen and, like, absorb this discussion. I Like, I'm, like, struggling with my sexuality, with my desire, with, like, knowing what I want. And so when talking about hookup culture, I'm like, I don't know what's right because I have no fucking idea what yeah. I even want to do. Yeah. So it's hard to have like a broader opinion when I don't even have a personal one. Mm. So I'm excited to. So I'm very happy to hear your thoughts again. That was very wise. Thank you. Wow. 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 You're amazing. That was cool. Okay. So <laughs> that made me feel good. Um, and that'll be the one smart thing I say this whole episode. No, it will not be. Shut up. I'm hot. Good. So am I. <laughs> Um, Do you care if I just sit here in my sports bra? No, our heat's going off. Yay. (laughs) Whoa. Okay. Now my juicy tits are out. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm cutting that out. You have to keep that in. That was so unhinged and uncalled for in the best way. Thank you. Okay, so the only thing that I know for sure, and like we can have a discussion about this, I know... The conclusion I've come to is that the issue is not hookup culture. 
the issue is not casual sex. The issue is not women engaging in casual sex and sex where there's no strings attached. The issue is men and the socialization of men. Yeah. Um, The way that men have been socialized to view sex, the way that men have been socialized to have sex with a female partner, the socialization of like what sex is for men and for women. Right. Mm -hmm. In a very, in like in very cisgendered heteronormative terms. Yeah, exactly. Well, because the thing that I don't understand is that this conversation only seems to exist in heterosexual spaces. Yeah. Or sex between men and women. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it doesn't exist in lesbian spaces. Right. No one's being like hookup culture is bad for women. Yeah. When it's two women. Well, and I was talking to one of my coworkers who's a gay man about like this topic. He was talking just about how like so much of that the gay space that he participates in and exists in is like solely hookup culture. Like he's like he was talking about how difficult it was to find a relationship because it's so hookup based with no judgment around it, but just how that's kind of what it is. And that it's hard to get serious, which is the opposite. It's like almost like it's hard it's like he's having a harder time getting people to view sex as something more serious whereas in like a heterosexual space it's kind of the opposite yeah and i would say in a lesbian space it's the opposite Mm -hmm. because it's like to yeah and like that's really revealing that completely different discussion i mean yeah but but i feel like that's really revealing that like cis men are the only ones who are allowed to enjoy sex yeah fully yes no no matter who their partner well, and the thing that was so frustrating, too, is that I was seeing women on TikTok and, like, in articles that they were writing using the or citing the fact that, like, when women engage in physical intimacy, biologically, like, the hormones that are released and the feelings that we have around it, like, are reason enough to, like, that for our reason enough that hookup culture is bad for women. So I was seeing people, women, being like, women just, sex is different for women. It means more to them. We have Mm -hmm. more of an emotional response to sex than men do. So, like, that's why hookup culture is bad for us. No, that's not. Do you hear yourself? That's not a biological thing. But it's also, like, why, it's so wild how easily... It, how easy it is to fall into regressive feminism mm-hmm. where it's like you think that you're you think that what you're doing is benefiting women right yeah is benefit well feminism should benefit everyone but yes. like you think what you're doing is giving a take that is um helping he um uh fix some problem for mm-hmm. women when in the reality of it is is that if you look at what you're skipping over which is men's participation in this yeah it's like women are not women's participation in it is not the issue the way that it exists that prevents women from participating in it in the same way that men do is the problem mm-hmm. and also like realistically the issue is is like the men that women are choosing to sleep with as well yes right because um, is there an issue on like a, a grand scale of the way that men are socialized to view sex and like to view w- women's pleasure? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, does that have like a mass? Um, uh, does that create a mass issue? Yes, mm-hmm. of course it does. But at the same time, it's like, um, I feel like. But then that is also the the issue is just men still. Yeah. That men don't view women's pleasure on an equal ground or they don't value their partner's women's pleasure, pleasure yeah. as much as their own, mm-hmm. right? Because for me, it's like if I'm going into any physically intimate situation, the other woman's enjoyment is like 90% of my enjoyment. Yeah. Right? So it and that, I'm not saying that that's how all women are. Or how you have to be. That's not like, how you have to be. There needs to be a mutual, like, there needs to be consideration of your partner's Absolutely. pleasure. Because they are also participating in yeah. this act with you. Because if you just are having sex to get off, you can do that alone. Right? right. So, like, you should think that if you're wanting to have a partner, that there should be some investment in that partner's Absolutely. experience. 
And for like cis men who are dating women, there's not that. And and there's this like ingrained entitlement of using somebody else's body to get their own pleasure. So should women be able, women who have sex with men, should they just be able to pick any man and know that like the only thing that they'll have to worry about is the sex will be bad if they just, their communication styles aren't compatible. Right? Yeah. Like, should that be... Right? Because every single person you have sex with, you're not going to, like, vibe with. Mm -hmm. Right? Or every single person you date, you're not going to vibe with. Right? Like, any person you meet, you're not going to completely get along with. Yeah, it's not going to be 100%. So, but, like, short of that, right? If everything else is good, Mm -hmm. like, should women be able to just, like, pick a man and know that like their pleasure will be valued yes yes that they're yes that they're going into a physically intimate situation and they know that like their pleasure this will be a pleasurable experience for them that that should be that should just be like ground the baseline right for that's crazy that it's that wow i've like i mean i knew that 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 it wasn't but articulating that is crazy it's like that should just be the baseline that should just be common like i know that like no matter what even if like some things are off or whatever that like it'll be a good experience it'll be yeah right something will come out yeah well because that's the thing i was just about to say like for me there should be an attempt to make me feel good right for me it's like i can't even imagine going into a situation and thinking like "Eh, i could take it or leave it right yeah but then I thought, but not every experience is going to be pleasurable, but it doesn't have to be. As long as something is like taken from any experience mm-hmm. that um, aids my life in some way or um, enriches my life in some way or like teaches me a lesson yeah. in some way without doing harm. It's mm-hmm. like, that's what matters. Yeah. There, and there should be an attempt at you feeling good. Even if it's yeah. not successful, it should be Absolutely. something that's a thought, right? Absolutely. Otherwise, why aren't you just masturbating? Yeah. Right? And so, and it's like, I find that with this falls into a lot of the issues that I find with most modern activism in general, mm-hmm. which is that like the point is completely missed. Yes. To where it's like, yeah, so that is a big issue in specifically heterosexual hookup culture where like the like woman's pleasure is not valued or even considered so don't that's not the woman's problem to fix that's not like okay well then you need to not be participating in hookup culture yeah like that that's missing the point completely it's like this is funny my mom just sent me a post earlier today which was i mean it's very like low ground activism and like you know like those kind of like uh clickbait posts mm-hmm. that just like have big words on them and sure. like, you know yeah. but it said it said protect your daughters and it crossed out and said educate your sons right right and, and like that's fundamental f- yeah yeah to where it's like it's not about protecting your daughters it's about educating men not to perpetuate harm yeah and so that's what this is it's about like getting cis men to value their partner's pleasure yeah. On an equal ground as their own if they're going to be engaging in partnered sex. It's not about forbidding women from enjoying sex or participating in hookup culture. Right. That's not the issue. And it's like, and I find that's an issue with most modern activism. And like people on the internet are more concerned about being called racist than they are about actual racism right. or that or the harm or that comes in, in being yeah. racist. Yeah. And it's like, it just misses the point. It's like the, the problem's there, but you've. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, I made a note um, just being like the way that women are talking about hookup culture and why women shouldn't participate in it. It just sounds like you are jealous and it Mm -hmm. sounds like you have a fear of missing out on something. And it sounds like because you don't have any desire to participate in this Mm -hmm. or that you wish that you could participate in it but participate in it but you can't for one reason or another that you think that no woman should yeah right and i was so shocked to hear women saying that because all that's all i was hearing was it's not it's it's your fault for for it's your fault that you are not getting anything out of having sex with men yeah right it is not the fact that 
men don't bring anything to that experience. Yes. It's like obviously not as extreme as victim blaming, blaming, but it's in the same realm of thought. Absolutely. Well, the blame is being incorrectly placed and um, and women are shaming other women for wanting to participate in hookup culture mm-hmm. and for wanting casual sex, mm-hmm. which I know is not the intention. I don't think. No. Right? Because these discussions are happening in feminist circles. Yeah. Um, I think what would be interesting is it would be interesting to look at how like hookup culture now um, parallels like the free love era Mm, in like the 60s and 70s because I feel like in in so I feel like in a lot of ways we're like sort of circling back around to that time with like young people and with younger generations so that would be really interesting to see how the discourse was then about just like women's experiences Mm -hmm. with that and with having multiple partners like literally for the first time Mm -hmm. i think like in that being encouraged for the and celebrated for the first time ever for women that would be really interesting to compare and like see like see directly what the yeah similarities and differences are and and how that discourse is unfolding even just the um even just like the way that even just the name like the free love versus hookup culture yeah ew i know it's so gross it sounds dirty yeah and unpleasant Mm-hmm. Well, and it's like to say that there's nothing wrong with you if you do need an emotional connection to enjoy physical intimacy. Oh, my God. Like, no. There, like, I feel like as I explore, I might fall more into that realm. Yeah. Um, I have no fucking idea. I'm so lost when it comes to where I'm at personally with that. I think that most people are. They just don't want to or don't have the time or capacity to sit with those thoughts mm-hmm. as like deeply yeah as i think that we like have the privilege to do yeah because i feel the same way and i think that most and we've talked about this i think that like a lot more people do than you think than you think mm-hmm. the only and you've told me this a million times it's just that like people don't it's very easy to just settle into something that feels very comfortable yeah and you know I think that also, like, every uncomfortable feeling we ever have, we're like, why? But, like, why? Yeah. What's and, the root of this? And I know that not everybody's doing that, so I have to, like, that's... Be just kinder to yourself. Yeah. I know. I, th- I just find it frustrating, especially, I think, being in, like, our early 20s in a big city where it's, like, so much of the social culture is everybody going out and, like, doing, like doing these things without thinking about them you know what i mean and like i don't know how to do that me either like it's not in my dna to like do things and not think about like the repercussions or what they mean or if i'm really like i'm so like i have so much self-awareness which comes from for me it comes from therapy yeah and also anxiety (laughs) and but like there, there are a lot of pros to that but then there are a lot of cons to where like i'm like oh my god can i just be without being like why am i feeling this way Ignorance is bliss. Uh, maybe that's the name of the episode. <laughs> Honestly, it fucking should be because I wish I never watched this episode. I wish I could have continued living on in ignorance Without of this, this episode. episode. Um, but transition, right? Listen, I'm full of them. That was a real. That's I think. Um, yes. Yeah. There is such a thing as too much self awareness, and I think that. Um, it's like you should to be kind to yourself. Just be kinder to yourself. Just be gentler. It's okay to not know. It is. And I have to tell myself that's my mantra that I wake up in the morning. When I wake up in the morning and I don't remember my name, I say, you know, and you what? know what? It's Fuck okay it. to not know. It's okay to <laughs> never know. How about that? <laughs> it's okay to never know and to never want to know. Well, so- it's funny because Emily and I were talking about this and drunk in a bar bathroom last night. Yeah. We were both peeing and we were just like what if i never want to date anyone yeah and you know what what if there's so much fucking um there's so much fucking everywhere no there's (laughs) there's so much (laughs) emphasis on romantic relationships and it's like what are you getting what are you getting out of unhealthy romantic relationships 
Like you're, I honestly social better off acceptability, without them, right? Like yeah, some level of comfort. I saw a filter on on Instagram the other day that this person was doing, of like you know you have to pick one or the other, mm-hmm. and they were supposedly like the you know same two evils, yeah. right? They were on equal bad level. Mm-hmm. I am so sorry for the way that I'm speaking right now. They were like equally bad, <laughs> yes. right? And one of them was be um be in an unhappy relationship or be alone. Hello. And this person that was doing it actually thought about it. That's so insane to me and concerning cuz like if I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, wow, I don't really know what I'm wanting. I don't know who I'm attracted to. I don't know what I'm attracted to. Like I don't know what it is that I'm wanting for a romantic relationship, but I would rather be in a bad one than be alone. What? Yeah, Hello? I don't. In what world are you going to benefit more? I don't. And you're not going to learn what you want by doing things you don't want. Yeah. Over and over. I just mostly get frustrated in the sense that, like, I feel a pressure sometimes from people in my life that, like, even though I'm at a point in my life where I'm so disconnected from my own desire, I should still be pursuing that Mm. because how will I figure it out? And for me, that's really not it. Like, I don't... But that's all that matters. Yeah. Which is why I think I was speaking, like, out of frustration about, like, well, just try. Right. Like, you don't have to. Right. And and that doesn't mean that you won't figure it out because you're not... You know what I mean? Yes. Whatever. No, I know what you mean. The last thing that I'll say about this, because although this episode's so bad, we can talk about this and then leave, like, a minute for the episode. (laughs) Um... But um, the last thing that I'll say is that I think, like, right now, I'm very... My motto has always... Okay, when I was in college, I discovered Joan Didion. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I talked about her in the last episode, maybe. I don't remember. I don't either. But, um... And she all, like, immediately became everything that I based my personality around. <laughs> and at the time, it didn't really fit because I wasn't in the place where that... I was being I was receiving her and what she stood for and what she did and you know mm-hmm. everything um like I, I wasn't I wasn't I didn't need that at that time no matter how hard I like held Wanted, on to it yeah. and like a chokehold right but now that that's like circling back around and it has been for the past couple of like years um I think that like just seeking out joy right in like any capacity Mm -hmm. um and kind of like just having this like fatalist attitude about things has been really helpful for me just like you know be kind I know this is about like the third time I'm gonna say it but like you know be kind and like do no harm or like move with the intention of doing yeah and I think that um, there was a moment where like I was so sucked up and like oh my god I can't like step on anybody's toes I can't do anything wrong but it's like you have to be gen- you have to be mm-hmm. you have to allow yourself to fuck up yeah and um, and like so that's how I am like most days but then other days which you witness I'm just like if something absolutely fucking insane doesn't happen to me <laughs> in the next week I'm gonna go crazy Right? Yeah. And I think that that's just human. It, yeah, right? it fluctuates. You know, just live your life so that you have plenty of stories to tell your eventual little people, if that's what you want. Yeah. Or, you know, your memoirs. Whoever. Yeah, for your memoirs. It's all for the memoirs. All yeah. fodder for the tell-all. For real. So the point was be gentle with yourself and have sex if you feel like it. Whatever. Whatever. You know, whatever. You know, I don't think that we realize the important mentality of whatever hey whatever whatever it is what it is it is what it is you go get a bagel and you just say whatever 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 hey hi how's it going if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast you ready let me explain it's free there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer did you know (gasps) no i didn't anchor will also distribute your podcast for you it's literally the best so it can be heard on spotify apple Podcasts, and many more so many more it's a lifesaver 
you can make money from your podcast with no minimum <gasps> listenership. Can you imagine? Can you believe that we sit here and we talk about aliens and shit, and we can get paid for it? And we're getting money for talking about Scully and her hair from Anchor. From Anchor. So it's truly everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So ready? Listen up. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And it's anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. It's literally the best. It makes making a podcast so easy because I'm the least tech savvy person maybe in the world. And it makes it so simple. Overall, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. We love Anchor. Just like Scully. Even Mulder could figure this out. Mulder could make a podcast with Anchor. Absolutely. Not saying a lot. Wouldn't Mulder, like, in the revival, totally have, like, a conspiracy podcast that he records, like, on the weekends by himself? That's why Scully left him. (laughs) Scully left him because Mulder made a podcast with Anchor. So you too, get Anchor. Uh, One more time. Anchor.fm. A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. To get started. Thanks. Should we get into the episode? Yeah, let's get into it. So, this episode is called Grotesque. Fitting. This is going to be the worst synopsis you've ever heard in your life. But as far as I'm concerned, it's allowed because this episode was a hate crime to towards me. Towards you specifically. Yes. Yeah. Towards lesbians everywhere, as I think, so. I think as far as I'm concerned. Too many men. Um, so in the beginning, there's a man, he's drawing gargoyles, and then he kills someone. He's sculpting gargoyles, and then he's killing. Well, hold on. Imagine sitting behind this guy in class. Like, you're in art class. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shoot. Like, this guy has a really unique nose. Like, I don't know if I'm getting it, like, properly. Let me see what everybody else is doing. And you look over in front, and homeboy's smearing blood on the page. It's like, like having a manic episode on this on this you tell telling me nobody noticed in class? Apparently not. They were all looking at the naked man. They were like, that doesn't really look like him, but what an interpretation. Yeah. So he kills someone. Mm-hmm. People kill other people. And in then Mulder show. and Scully are on the case. Yes. So they talk to this dude who is this artist, and he tells them that something is possessing him and that this something is driving him to kill. Scully looks beautiful here. Yeah, she looks very... Yeah. Yes, she does. I, I, I marked down asking if you needed a minute. Well, see, here's the thing. Um, I was so angry this episode that the only thing I managed to um, deduce from this episode about Scully is that I just want to give her that TLC. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Tender loving care. Mm-hmm. This is maybe one of my favorite looks of hers ever. Really? One of them, yeah. There's something just... I don't know if it's this one in the beginning, but at the end, she has like her lipsticks matching her suit. And like she has that like 1940s movie star hair. And like I just... In its early stages, yes. Yeah. And I just love... I don't know. I, I'm really into her looks here. Yeah. Of course, Mulder is unable to empathize mm-hmm. with this man. And instead, he acts like this man's pain is his personally mm-hmm. to take on yeah. and is impacting him just as much as this man being possessed. The male psyche is so pathetic. Like, that's the only way you can get into this case is by making it completely about him. Yeah. That's the only way you can care about other people there, enough to be dedicated to solve a case. Yeah, there's a big, there's like the energy in this episode is big. And I know we reference this all the time, but it's just so true. The, um, what do you call it? The energy in this episode from Mulder is the fleabag quote of like male manufactured pain. Yes. Right? Like, mm-hmm. and I'll get into it more later, but like Mulder completely manufactures his own suffering in order to solve this case. Yes. It is so unnecessary. I know. And you know what it made me think about? It's dr- bit dramatic. We've been watching Mad Men and there was, in, in an episode we just watched, there's a, a new copywriter comes in who's a guy and like the only female copywriter, Peggy, interviews him and he's like completely unhinged. But like I know that the like big boss, John Hamm, 
who I love. Um, the mm-hmm. how did you? What did you call him? Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know that like the boss in the show is like very endeared by this new male copywriter's unhinged nature, and mm-hmm. like he's like oh because he's creative. He's like uh, like he's like a genius. This is like, genius he, material. It, yeah, yeah, like genius material because he's being crazy. But if Peggy, <laughs> the one woman, ever acted like that, she wouldn't even get through the front door. If man crazy, why genius? If- <laughs> And it's like with this, it's like Mulder can be completely fucking off the rails, like losing his shit, acting so unprofessional. And they're like, in literally, and the one guy says later in the episode where he's like, "Don't get in his way, let him do whatever," and it's totally allowed. But Scully's like, if, if Scully even okay. shows that she's upset about like literally her own ova being stolen she's unfit to be an fbi agent like are you fucking kidding they're me? like you should take some time off my god um and it's really interesting because when scully like suggests that Mulder maybe like take a little break she has she is seen as the inhibitor of justice of justice yes, yes. she's like there everyone is like oh she's she's holding him back man god i know so we're introduced to this other man, Bill Patterson. He works in Quantico, at Quantico. Mm. He's also the dad from that 70s show. Yeah. He's... Also, see, like, seems like Mulder's ex. Maybe more than a little sweet on Mulder. Yeah. Yeah, big time. There's, like, this whole power play thing happening. Freud would have a field day over this dynamic. You can tell they really want to kiss. Yeah. Between... But Scully is, like, somehow in the middle of this it's right giving so it isn't though because <laughs> listen to what i'm about to say i just wanted to say that you can't that is so you cannot just throw that phrase around why because you can life short have threesomes oh my god no you can't just say it's giving threesome is something that is so clearly not giving threesome okay i take it back it's not giving threesome it's giving cucking it's I'm joking. I'm joking. I just want to make you mad. Let me tell you what it's giving, okay? So Patterson is like a father, right? He tries to embarrass Scully, the mother, out of siding with Mulder, who's the son, right? Wow. Because he resents son for disappointing him and choosing his dreams when in reality, father's disapproval is in fact simply a mask for his inability to face his own wrong decisions that led him here instead of where Mulder is. Holy shit. Where his son is. Okay. It's like it's a, not giving threesome. It's like a I'm not giving up on my dream, Dad. I'm giving up on yours. Yeah. Yeah. But like classic Disney moment. <laughs> so this it's is giving proof Disney. Scully is a Disney princess by default. Yeah. Just I mean, kidding. she wouldn't want that. She's a Disney mom in this scenario, which is arguably hotter than the princess. Yeah, good enough for me. Yep. That's a really, really intelligent way of describing that dynamic. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm sorry that I'm throwing around the phrase, it's giving threesome. That's I will okay. try to be more aware of That's how okay. I use that. That's okay. Take this as a lesson, folks. Don't say it's giving threesome unless you mean it. Okay? Threesomes are no joking matter. The hill I will die on. <laughs> so then Patterson, we learn that he like maybe has some... Uh, concerning feelings for Mulder and that they like maybe should have been looked into and also young boys in general yeah but that's like just a little funny brotherly like homophobia pedophilia among dudes just bros being bros yeah like who among us hasn't shared a little pedophilia among dudes you know it's just just locker room talk yeah so (laughs) that's why I talk about in the locker room for sure being attracted to children little boys (laughs) Jesus Christ Okay, pedophilia is no joking matter. I'm not making light of No, we're not making light of pedophilia. We're making a joke about how insane men are. Yeah, that is a laughing matter. It is. It has to be. Listen, at this point, all you you can do is laugh. How are you going to get through otherwise? All you can do is laugh. So Patterson essentially tries to discredit Mulder. He tries to knock him down to size, like to his face, when in reality, I think they just want to kiss. Yeah. You know, life short, you should just kiss your former mentor, current enemies. I wish, oh, don't I wish I could. That's good advice. Thank you. For me. Take it to heart. If you can, 
do it. Yeah. As long as you're of age now. If you're of age. If you're above 18. Well. Maybe more. Listen. I'm going to say 25. Let's just say. But I'm only 24. I know. So Patterson's big moment is when he says, to understand the art, you have to become the artist. So. (laughs) And then my next line literally right after that is Mulder finds a dead body in one of this man's clay gargoyles. And then I hate this episode. Yeah. Respectively. Yes. Um, I, I, I made no, I don't know if this has happened yet, but like Scully gets scared by a cat at some point when they're on, down there yeah, investigating. I tell you when that happens. It's, it's around this point. But it's like this show can be so devoid of human emotion that I found myself replaying replaying moments like scully getting scared by a cat just to feel something that's so true do you ever do that because i do that all the time i'm like oh my god like somebody showed genuine emotion i want to watch it five times yes when it's literally just because it's so cold sometimes feeling yes you know yeah the world is cold also scully (laughs) said i thought it was one of these pictures coming to life and it sounded like blanche Really? Yes. Yeah, Jillian does kind of have this weird southern twang. Sometimes, Sometimes, right? and I don't She's like, know why. I thought it was one of these pictures coming to life, and it was, like, all, like, breathy. That was really bad. I haven't watched this episode in a minute. But, like, it was, like, breathy and, like, high, and it was very, like, when she played Blanche Dubois wow. in A Streetcar Named Desire, if anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about. Wow. And it was just funny to see, like, the roots of that when she was so young. Wow. Wow. Was that interesting? Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you do that so well. Thank you. Um, Anyone know what I'm quoting? I think the... Okay. Why does no one ever respond to me? <laughs> That's funny. Why don't you guys talk back? So, to no one's surprise, Mulder then takes it upon himself to become the killer mm-hmm. or the this artist <laughs> nobody right? asked nobody asked him to and he spends some time running his wet hands over some lumpy clay on the american tax dollar i like couldn't even appreciate it because he's just being so stupid well and also okay i have a note in a second that has something to do with that okay so i have a little joke though first i said ready who said this show is science fiction? There's nothing fictional about government employees choosing social performance <laughs> over actually making their community safer. Sit with that, will you? So anyways, there's this whole sequence of him molding clay. Mm-hmm. It's so horrible. It's like Mulder's Joker moment. Oh, God. It is truly the white man's wet dream. <laughs> white man's wedding. you've you've heard of the white man's burden wait until you see <laughs> now introducing <laughs> the white man's wet dream the sequel starring fox Mulder. um he's cosplaying as the genius inside of himself which he's doing a horrible job maybe that's, that's because it doesn't exist it. yeah um so to get to your point of you not being able to appreciate it um there's a big issue here, right? Mm-hmm. Because this whole sequence plays as an uninteresting, self-obsessed man doing some arts and crafts. <laughs> all because David genuinely could not be giving less. I know. Like, with his acting. I know. So you have Mulder trying to find this genius artist, man capable of murder Mm -hmm. inside of himself thinking that working as the artist will somehow lead him to the answers or at the very least like being in the killer space will lead like lead him to the killer but then you have david right cosplaying as the genius inside himself which is a man playing a character knowing because presumably david read the script that the answer will just come to him Mm-hmm. So, like, basically, his head is fucking empty doing this because David is, like, he already knows yes. that, like, he doesn't actually have to do any of the mental work to get there as Mulder because mm-hmm. he read the script as David. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, 
basically he's not acting when he really needed to be i know well it's like because of that that Mulder comes off as this like I was going to say psychotic. That's not the right word. What's the word? Psychic. Jesus. Yes. As this like psychic investigator that like just like can sense I'm going to feel this lump on this wall (laughs) because this is where the head is. I don't know. But like that's how it comes off because he's not doing any of the like acting work of visibly connecting the dots. Yeah. Trying to figure it out. Because they're already connected in his head. Meanwhile, Scully and therefore Jillian acting her fucking ass off. For what? To be to be pigeonholed as the nagging wife? No. To win the fucking Emmy. So while Mulder's at summer camp, Scully's trying to find him, get a hold of him, the like. But what did he do? He turned his cell phone off. Like a good <sighs> government employee. Like if I was Scully's BFF, I'd be like, babe request a transfer like this is fucked 100 like he should be fired yes 100 percent. like what so she finds him of course he's been attacked he says whatever attacked him wasn't human scully has to thank the doctor for patching him up because Mulder is ignoring her he's... and throwing a tantrum nothing will give you the ick like a grown man throwing a temper tantrum <laughs> for real and it's like, uh, he has a five o'clock shadow almost this whole episode, which know. you know is very close to my heart. I know. I've talked about this. I know. And I wrote, where did I write this? I wrote, like, there were multiple conversations in this in this episode specifically that I missed all of the content because I was just thinking about how good they both look, which I think is a valid coping mechanism for getting through the show. And I think the reason why the show got away with a lot. Oh, absolutely. Like, this show gets away with a lot of, like, narrative flaws because both of them are hot as fuck. Once you start watching the show with zero expectations, zero predictions, zero hopes, most importantly, it becomes a party, right? Because, like, there's a part where it was a weird shot of someone's, like, the back of someone. Mm-hmm. And this man was standing there and it's a lone shot and i was thinking oh my god he's a super soldier like we're gonna see a little lump at the back of his uh-huh or whatever yeah a lump yeah, yeah. because you just i'm Who ready knows? i'm ready for anything and i'm <laughs> expecting nothing which is why it's a blast right yes but like to enjoy the show you have to acknowledge that like the a lot of the narrative aspects aren't there and are really inconsistent duh yeah okay so Mulder is currently modeling how much of an apparent inconvenience it is to explain every single little thing to Scully. His partner. She tells him that maybe he's seeing what he wants to see because he's become so consumed by this man and trying to inhabit his mind, uh, which is not the first time she said that. <laughs> so she tries to warn Mulder that Patterson is testing him and making him go crazy, which, yes. And... Mulder, like a toddler who can't have another cookie, doesn't want to hear that, so he leaves. And it's really funny to just imagine them, like, in their little talking circle, <laughs> the cir- circle of two, um, imagine, imagining him being like, mm, but, like, I can't do this on my own without it getting to me. And he's, like, pouting and, like, mm-hmm. kicking up the dust. And Scully's like, I know you can. She's like, baby, I know you can. I know, I know. You don't have to convince me. He's like, I can't. Like, I can't do it. Like, I can't. And she's like, I know, I know. And Scully's, like, looking around, making sure that no one is, like, watching her son have a complete meltdown in public. Yeah. Um, Trying to get through the line at the grocery store. The screaming child. So Scully goes to yell at Patterson. He's like, babe, if you're worried about your boyfriend, you should be talking to him, not me. And Scully's, like, about to lose it because she's like, well, I'm kind of backed into a corner here and I just want a man to validate me, so please help me. She's like, somebody tell me I'm doing a good job or I'm going to lose my shit. Yeah. I'm going to have to fuck one of you. (laughs) If you don't tell me I'm a good girl soon, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to go insane. (laughs) I cannot be responsible for my own actions. So Patterson confirms... He just wanted wanted Mulder to help him solve this case. That's why he, like, 
got involved with him. Mm-hmm. He warns Scully to just let him do his thing and stay out of his way, which I'm sure she'll listen. Winks. Um, so Mulder goes to visit the killer in jail and is like, you have to help me get into this thing deeper so I can understand what it wants. And at that point, I was like, Mulder, you could just ask him what he wants. Just ask him what he likes, you know? Yeah. Use keywords. How does that feel? <laughs> Harder. Faster, slower. How's the pressure? Right. Yeah. It's very simple. <laughs> so Mulder wants to find it because he thinks Mul- he can defeat it. Right. Mulder wants to find it because in his head, he's like, Mulder can defeat it. He's talking Mulder this whole King. episode. Third this whole episode is Mulder talking in the third person, right? And Nothing's- everyone is like, "Are you?" I was honestly expecting the killer to like at a certain point be like, "Bro, are you okay?" <laughs> Nothing is more like man disintegrating into insanity than talking into the third person. For real, that's like completely ego driven. Oh, totally. It's really Tarzan want cookie. There's a Tarzan love Jane. <laughs> Mulder solve case. <laughs> Mulder love Scully. <laughs> That's Mulder's entire arc. <laughs> Mulder um, is Tarzan and Scully's Jane. Literally. Somebody write a fanfic about that. He wants to find the killer because he thinks that like he can defeat it. Not that he can defeat it, but like that he needs to. Him alone. Mm-hmm. Um, because the safety of others is not solved safety of others is not solved the safety of others is not ensured by a group of intelligent capable agents but by him alone torturing himself Mm -hmm. um and he approached this like a true man i have to say sabotaging his own life thinking that glory can only come if this is beaten out of him and it's like all this self-sacrificial bullshit is so ego-driven it totally is. And it's like... It all... It's the flea bag quote. Yeah. It's like the need to manufacture pain. Yeah. Um, And what was amazing to me about this episode in all seriousness is that, like, this is kind of Mulder's irresistible, like, if we were gonna compare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even in this, he has complete control over that which has the, has the capability and will harm him. And, and it, he seeks it out. He seeks it out. And also, like, an irresistible... It's a great comparison. Scully's experiencing valid triggers. Oh, like, absolutely. she was just abducted. Absolutely. And Mulder is like, what... Were you killed by a gargoyle man? Were what's you attacked the, by what's one the at trigger some point? Here? What's happening? Well, the trigger is, like, whatever issue he has with Patterson. Yeah, but that's not... It does not warrant his behavior no, at all. At all. There is no objective correlative to anything happening. I know. What did you just say? Thank you so much for asking. I said objective correlative. What does that mean? It's like where the things that are that are happening don't equal like the the peak of what happens. So like we learn about that. I learned about that in English class when we were reading Hamlet. Mm-hmm. And it was talking about how like you analyze the objective correlative of Hamlet's arc being like, does it make sense that he reaches his breaking point and goes insane? Like, is there enough to justify that? Interesting. Cool. So anyways, I might have not used it grammatically. Who gives a shit? Correctly. I didn't say that correctly. So Scully <laughs> finds a blade from the murder weapon in the cop's wheel at the crime scene. Apparently Mulder put it in the tire. <laughs> and now that Scully knows this, she's going to have a major, the lady or the tiger level fucking choice to make. Yes. Right? There's so, the heater again, folks, Jesus. just in case you're wondering. So Lady or the Tiger is basically like this little short fable. What, what is it? Something that like teaches you a lesson, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, fable. Basically, it's about this king and he creates a society where like you're going to be your um, trial is you get put in this arena or something and there's two doors and one has a tiger behind it. And the other one has a woman behind it, a lady mm-hmm. abroad. And um, you have to pick one, and then that's how justice is served. Either you're eaten alive or you're till you're guilty, or you are innocent and you marry the woman that comes out of the door, right? This particular story, that's like the, you know, one of the little fable bits. Yeah. It gets spicy 
when you realize that the king's daughter is in love with this man who is going to be, who's the center of the story, who's mm-hmm. going to be on trial. So she finds out which door has which thing behind it. And then she realizes that the woman that's behind the door is like her enemy. Mm. Right? Yeah. And so either her lover is going to marry her enemy or get eaten alive. And it's all up to her to tell him which door to oh, pick. Oh, yeah. And then it ends without you knowing which door he chose or what was behind. She tells him to pick the one on the but right. But you don't know which one. you don't one. know which one it was, which is annoying. Yeah. Anyways, Scully's to about to, to have that yes. level complex. Skinner talks to Scully and is like, let's just have a check-in. Is Mulder okay? Like, are you worried about him? And Scully, big time, through tears, is like, oh my god, are you kidding me? Am I worried about him? <laughs> no. Through tears, truly. Through tears. She's like, like shaking. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, everything's fine. I don't know. She like, starts crying. She's like that little about. kid yes. being interviewed. He's like, no. <laughs> starts weeping. <laughs> so there, okay, this is where I said it. I'm sure there were many moments in this episode that were wonderful for women who like men, right? Mm-hmm. I am exhausted by having to get this much of a look inside a man's mind. No, there were not near. There were no moments that justified the gratuitous nature of this episode. Like I am so repulsed by Mulder in this episode. Oh my god! Yeah, me too. Sucker punches kneecaps mm-hmm. so many times. Um, like I said, nothing gives you the ick like this behavior. So, anyway, Mulder's losing it. Scully's trying to save him from himself, which, like, we love when male heroes are made heroes by their own self-induced suffering. Mm-hmm. Scully's on the phone with Mulder, and it's all so confusing because you're like, did he just kill someone? We don't know. Mulder doesn't even know, right? Mm-hmm. So Mulder's at the killer studio. Patterson's assistant is dead because he is the monster, and he killed him. Uh-oh. <laughs> And against all evidence, I believe Mulder when he's going back and forth with Patterson because we all know uh, we're supposed to believe Mulder. And he's right in the end. Of course. So Scully shows up. It's like this little yelling battle. Tweedledee and Tweedledum let Patterson escape. The thing is, is that... (sighs) If he would have just communicated with her at all, this wouldn't have happened. I know. Like, they would, the case would have been solved so much quicker. But it's like Patterson is like, um, Patterson in this moment is uh, just being vulnerable and like admitting that you love each other. And Mulder and Scully are like watching him run away. Yes. Yes. <laughs> They're like, oops. Um,. And at this point, I am pleading on my hands and knees for this episode to be over. Yeah. Like, because, like, what what was the purpose? I know. The chase, the, the chase scene, like, on the roof with the thunderstorm, it was literally just to fill the time. I know. So, Mulder shoots Patterson, a.k.a. the monster. He ends up in prison. Mulder has some monologue at the end for the boys mm, about solitude and an abyss and the complicated inner workings of the mind. But I didn't understand it because I'm a stupid little girl. And that was for the guys and bros only. Mm. Love it. This episode was so fucking pretentious and I hated every second of it. Yeah. The only thing I liked was Scully's outfits. For real. Period. Yeah. So something that's interesting is that um, Kim Manners apparently theorized that this episode may have inspired Chris Carter when he wrote Millennium and like developed Millennium, oh. his other series. Well, Kim Manners directed this one, right? I think so, yeah. I mean, you can tell because the cinematography is beautiful. It oftentimes is. Well, I mean, like, like it's so fucking annoying and like pathetic that Mulder's behaving this way, but then like Scully walks into his apartment and finds all the things on the wall. Like, those are really cool shots. Totally. Right? costume yeah. department came through for her as always yep 
I love this little debrief we're having. Yeah, I just have to, you know, just to make myself feel okay about it yeah, again. So I sure. feel like I can watch. The next episode is Piper Maru, which I'm stoked for. Oh, cool. Okay. So. Awesome. I know that Scully looks smoking in that Smoke episode. Show. <laughs> so uh, I'm ready for that. Yeah. And that's the episode. That's the episode. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you. That was a wild ride. Yeah. Um, but follow us on our socials at the Sex Files Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. We're f- still figuring out our new like method of posting and like what we are definitely posting reminders that the episodes are out. We're doing all that, but we're still figuring out. We're still figuring things out. So if you have anything that we were doing before that you liked, if you were a longtime listener and that you would like to see um, us bring back in terms of like our social media presence. Let us know. We are all ears. And also, if we ever, like, mention something and you want access to it, never hesitate to reach out and ask for it because we um, are more than happy to, like, send anything that we talk about your way. Absolutely. Um, Definitely. But you reach out to us. And we have our link tree that we have in our bios on social media, which um, we were having some issues with our Curious Cat link, which is where we take questions, but that should be fixed now. Um, we're contemplating switching platforms for that just because Curious Cat, we've been having been some issues with it. it. It's been down. So um, if you don't mind not being anonymous, you can always send us questions in our DMs. We might not reply to you, but we will put them in our little cauldron of questions that we pull from. So also, if you are... Um, not on Twitter. Ignore this. Mm-hmm. But if you are and you saw some weird things happening that we kind of, for Arc. some reason, got roped into um, the discussion some about quotes that we posted in, in uh, on our personal Instagram stories in, like, got posted June. on Twitter. Yeah, and um, it it spiraled um, into spiraled, a big thing. Yeah, and um. It was suggested that we, um, on this podcast, direct questions um, at people or are talking about specific people in the discussions that we have or, like, calling certain people out. Mm-hmm. Um, that could not be further from the truth. Um, and so for those those of you who saw this happening and, like, saw our names associated with it or saw the sex files associated with it, we are not associated with that in any way or the people who um suggested that yeah um our questions are solely like when even though our i mean if you are a long-time listener you know emily and i met on twitter and so that's how we became friends and even though like this podcast formed in that space it exists very separate from it especially now and yes. we consciously don't involve ourselves in those things because this is something that's broader than a very than that very small space yes so um it, we're never directing questions at anybody specifically it's never like a way of commenting on things that are happening in that space we this is very separate very separate. even though we obviously exist and are grateful for that space because of the support that it's given us absolutely and, and if you don't know what we're talking about disregard ignorance is bliss it fucking full circle yeah we love you so much send us all your thoughts and goodies um thank you for listening and we'll see you next time on 